Hello, amazing parents and caretakers, and welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace, love, and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, guys. So welcome to today's training because this is a really important training because it's about what you shouldn't be doing because very often I will do trainings and talk to you guys about what you should be doing. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do this. I do that. I do that a lot. And, you know, yeah, that's good. That's good. And all of a sudden, when I do a training about what you shouldn't be doing, you're like, oh, I am doing that. Because what very often we think we are doing is not necessarily what we actually are doing. Why is that? Because we're human. I mean, let's face it. We're human and we make mistakes. We do things without intention. We are irritable. We're hungry. We're thirsty. We didn't get good sleep. Things happen. But with parenting... Not that I'm saying we should be perfect all the time. Definitely not. Why? Reflect back to the we're human statement. We're not perfect. And if we are trying to be perfect, we're going to be sadly disappointed. The same as if we're expecting our children to be perfect. They will become perfectionists and, of course, be sadly disappointed. So. Let's talk about the 10 deadly sins of parenting. Number one, a negative attitude. Now, I have spoken about being positive, really encouraging your kids, setting them up for success. But a negative attitude, always being grumpy, always seeing the problems and not seeing their successes, always seeing the the uh, irritable moments or the fights with siblings and not ever noticing all the good stuff they do. And there's a lot of good stuff. That negative attitude, number one, will make your children negative. Number two, will make them feel like they don't do anything right. And it will make their home life not enjoyable. How many people look at posts on Facebook And see people on Facebook and they're like always negative. They're always talking about something that's happening to them or or somebody that's doing something to them. Or why is this this way? I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick of that. They're not making the best of their life. They're not grateful. They're not positive. 
And you're like, oh my gosh, if I see one more of these posts of this person suffering, I'm just going to block them. And honestly, you should. It's like why you shouldn't watch the news because it's so negative. 98% negative, 2% at the end, you'll see something good. Some news shows are different. Some, some news shows throw in more and more good. But as people go, good doesn't get them ratings. And it's business and they want higher ratings. So it's always negative. So if you weren't negative before you start watching the news, you'll be negative after. Okay. Next is you being angry a lot or cussing or using abusive language or not using your manners, not speaking with kindness. The problem is your children are learning everything from you. We are not born with language. Our language is learned. Cuss words are learned. Yelling is learned. Consistent yelling is learned. Sometimes it's a subconscious response, but if it happens again and again and again, it's a learned response. So you yelling, you screaming, even at your partner, not even the kids, the children are learning from you and they will have the same relationship with their siblings, with a coworker, with you, with someone they fall in love with in the future. Because that to them is normal. So it may be you just have to stop and think, what do I want for my children? What do I want for them? Okay, being too busy to spend any time with them. I just had one of my clients talk about their his children's mom and how she's always focused on work. And never spends any time with her kids because she's too busy, too busy. I had another client talk about when they go to the park, their dad will sit in the car and take their son to the park. Their son will play and they'll be in the car. They're not even playing in the park together. That's what your kids remember about you. Well, they were always too busy to play with me. And that's when there's a lot of negative attention because attention to a child is attention, good or bad, it's attention. And that's where that attention craving comes from because they're not getting any positive attention from you. Put your phone down, spend 10 minutes playing a game with your child. Okay. Number four, calling names or labeling your children. So that's like saying to your kids, look, I am so tired of you being lazy all the time. Why are you always lying to me? These are expectations you're setting up for your child. If they think that you think they're always lying, they will eventually stop telling the truth. Why? Because why tell the truth? If somebody always thinks you're lying, you might as well lie. Why get up and do anything? If somebody always thinks you're lazy, you might as well just take advantage of that and be lazy. They think I am anyway. Why am I making an effort? 
whatever names you're calling, little shits, stupid, lazy, loser. Those are all names that they're going to live up to. You know what else is great about names? You can call them enthusiastic, creative, friendly, loving. Also names that they can live up to. Which would you rather your child be? Okay, number five, making fun of them. So we talk about family meetings and how in a family meeting, we want our kids to offer opinions. We never want to make fun of those opinions. If they say something funny, you're trying to think of, think of ways to solve a problem and they come up with a funny idea, but they don't mean it as funny, don't laugh at it. Say, okay, that's a great idea. Write it down on the list. Don't laugh at things that is not intended to be funny. If they are presenting it as a serious consideration, accept it as a serious consideration, even if to you it's amusing because sometimes little kids come up with funny things. It's as simple as that. So don't make fun of them with embarrassing things. There was an example of that too when I was talking to someone and that was they felt like their parent, this was a child, felt like their parents were always making fun of them. Whenever they would do something, they would laugh at them and you know make fun that they couldn't do it. And it made them feel like, well, I guess I can't. Give your children expectations to live up to. Encourage them to do all kinds of good stuff. Let them know that they can do anything they put their mind to. Anything. Okay, number six, your relationship. And that goes a lot with what we're talking about language. What is the relationship you are having with your significant other or partner? If it is in their home and you guys are constantly arguing, yelling, calling each other names, even though you're not saying it to your kids, your kids take it to heart every time they hear you calling someone else a name. They take it as if it's directed at them. And whatever your relationship is like, if it's disrespectful, if there's no trust, you are teaching your child that that is normal. So ask yourself, is your relationship the kind of relationship you want your child to have? Ask them. A ask yourself. And if it's not, if you think and go, well, when they fall in love with someone, this is the relationship they're going to have. Do you want that for them? And if you don't, take you and your partner and talk to somebody, get help, figure out how you can have a better relationship. Number seven, integrity, honesty. First, I'll tell you what integrity is because it's a word that a lot of people use and a lot of people don't know what it means. I consider myself a person of integrity. So integrity is when you, in the parenting world, in any world, when you say you're going to do something and you do it, number one, that's integrity. Number two, 
You live by your beliefs and your core values. So if you believe a certain way, you stay consistent with that way of belief throughout your life. Integrity. Honesty, being honest. So now enters into the opposite and that is lying. And very often our kids start to lie because we have actually encouraged them to lie. We've asked them to lie. How does that happen? Well, maybe you do something like, hey, just just tell your mom I was here when you were here or something like that. Or maybe a grandparent innocently says, we weren't supposed to go out for ice cream, but we did. So don't tell mom which may seem innocent enough and not ill-intended. But what is actually happening is you are now asking your child to lie and giving them permission to lie. Because now when mom says, what'd you do? They have to make up a story because they're not supposed to tell mom that they went for ice cream. Don't ask your child to lie in any scenario because once you have, You give them permission to lie. And then you get upset and yell at them because they're lying. Number eight, never believing them. People tell you something and you just accuse your child of it. People, you know, the school will call, this happened. And you accuse your child of it. And you never give them a chance to tell their side of the story. You need to believe your kids. You need to believe them. You need to let them know that you trust them. You believe them. Get the whole story. A lot of times you'll hear a story from a school and it's part of the story, not the whole story. It's what they saw, not what came before. Ask your children to tell their their side of the story before you believe anyone and before you start thinking of consequences and what you should do about it because you may find out that that never even happened. I'll give you an example of my sister. My sister was in sixth grade. She actually had a hate club against her. And the leader of the hate club was this very terrible girl and Linda bit her. Now, My father got called into the office, as did this girl and her mother. And the principal was telling my father that he was going to expel Linda or detention or whatever because she bit this girl. And my father, being the wise man that he is, turned to my sister and said, why did you bite her? Something no one had asked. And she bit her because the girl was strangling her. And the only way she could get this girl's arm around from around her neck and choking her was to bite it. And then the girl released her arm and my sister could breathe again. At which time the principal then turned to the girl, found out that was the truth, and she got in trouble. But had my father never asked my sister's opinion of what happened, that never would have come out. The girl wasn't going to tell her side of the story. She didn't want to get in trouble. And my sister would have been punished in whatever way for biting. And instead, my father turned to her and said, if anyone has your arm, has their arm around your neck 
and you can't breathe, you get those arms or hands from around your neck any way you can. And the meeting was over. But don't just take people's word for it. That's what I'm trying to tell you. There could be more to the story that no one is telling you. Next, number nine, predetermining what your child will like, do, act, whatever. Stop predetermining what you think your child's going to do in a situation. Give them a chance to experience different things. Give them a chance to learn. Stop going, well, they do this, so I know they're going to be horrible. You don't know anything because you don't know. So stop telling your kid, oh, you're not going to like this. You're not going to like that food. You really won't. I'll tell you another story. I used to teach a kid's food class. I'm a nutritionist. And we were making these crunchy roll-ups and the parents were with the kids because I do a lot of parent-child classes. And this mom said about her three-year-old, oh, he is never, right in front of him, he is never going to eat this. And then instead of letting him make it, she proceeded to make it, which was not the, the instruction. The instruction was for the child to make their own. She makes it, he takes it, and he throws it in the garbage. This is a three-year-old. And his mother says to me, see, he didn't like it. And she, he says nothing to his mother. He walks back to the table. He makes his own and he eats the entire thing. Stop pre-predicting what your child will like, do, react, any of those things. Give them a chance to discover their own things that they prefer, like, and their own skills and abilities. Sometimes because a child acts a certain way at home doesn't mean he's going to act that way out. Give them a chance. Okay. And number 10, stop always having your phone in your hand. When your child gets a phone or a tablet or anything like that, if you always have this thing in your hand, guess what? They're going to always have that thing in their hand. Always. Because they're modeling you. You're teaching them. Have have electronic free zones. Meal times. Put out a basket. Everybody puts their bas- puts their phones in the basket. And they stay there until the meal is over. You have a family night, movie night, game night. Phones in the basket. Yours too. If there's an emergency, you'll hear the phone ring. Stop always having your phone in your hand. When your kids are talking to you, put the phone down and talk to them. Because when you have this phone in your hand, you are sending an indirect message that everything that goes on with this phone is more important than them. Otherwise, why would it be in your hand? Put your phone down. Model what you want your child to do, be, act like. You're their strongest role model. Everything you do, good or not so good, you give your children permission to do. So give them something great to live up to. Be positive. Smile. Use your manners. Speak kindly. Notice all the good they do. Reverse all of this and you will have an incredibly 
happy home. All right, guys, I hope this helped. As always, I wish you days filled with peace, love, tons of laughter. Laugh a lot. It's funny. Stuff is funny. It's the best medicine. It really is. Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Be sure to head over to PumpedUpParenting.com to grab your free copy of the Patient's Playbook. Wishing there was a manual for your toddler? Well, good news, now there is. You can pick up your copy of Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, my newest release on Amazon today. Tune in next time for more tips, advice, and strategies as you continue to pump up your parenting and create childhoods that everyone can blossom from. Have yourself a really fun day. Bye-bye.